This is a Chronicle podcast, bringing you ideas in the service of medicine. From the Chronicle podcast system, this is Vendor on Psoriasis with Dr. Ron Vendor. Based on the popular Vendor on Psoriasis column in the Chronicle of Skin and Allergy, Dr. Vender provides brief synopses of recent significant clinical developments in psoriasis research, and provides his observations and comments to accompany each report. In each episode, Dr. Vender will answer questions and offer his expert observations and anecdotes on treating this chronic disease. If you have a question for him or want to be in touch at any time, just send an email to vender at chronicle.org. That's V-N-D-E-R at chronicle.org. And, if you attach a voice clip, we might even use your question on an upcoming episode. Support for this podcast comes from Sun Pharma Canada. Sun Pharma is a world leader in specialty therapeutics, and is now positioned to be an even larger contributor to the Canadian dermatology landscape. Learn more at www.sunpharma.com. And now... Here's Jeremy Visser. From the labs to trials to your office. Here comes Dr. Vendor on psoriasis. Don't they use that, but do try this. It's Dr. Vendor on psoriasis. Dr. Vendor on psoriasis. Welcome back. I'm Jeremy Visser of the Chronicle of Skin and Allergy. You're listening to the Vendor on Psoriasis podcast with Dr. Ron Vendor. In our 12th episode, Dr. Vender will be talking about patient satisfaction for brodalumab, paradoxical eczema in psoriasis patients on biologics, and real-world blood screening. And just like that, we're at the end of another season. Any words for our listeners before we get started, Dr. Vender? I, I just wanted to thank all the listeners and old and new that tune into the podcast. I enjoy doing this with Jeremy, and I, I want to thank Sun Pharma for sponsoring this and the Chronicle Company, especially uh, Mitch Shannon and Alan Ryan for providing this, this format and this medium in order to talk about psoriasis. And I hope that the listeners have learned something throughout uh, the season and with these podcasts. Our first study for today looks at brodalumab and patient satisfaction for plaque psoriasis patients. What are your thoughts on this study, Dr. Vender? Well, brodalumab was the third anti-IL-17 inhibitor that came to market after secukinumab and ixekizumab. But it is one of the first ones that were studied uh, even prior to secukinumab and ixekizumab studies. And it's different it's a receptor antagonist, so it's not a mono, it's not a true monoclonal antibody, and it is dosed very very easily every two weeks, and we know that it has a rapid efficacy and a sustainable long term type of efficacy, but also an efficacy that is clinically significant with excellent PASI. 75, PASI 90, and PASI 100 response. Uh, this study looked at sort of the, the re patient reported outcomes. So one would expect that if the patient's skin is better and their symptoms have improved with respect to skin pain and reduction of skin itch, 
that their quality of life improves. And this was shown in this study. This was just a smaller group of 75 patients. And of course, since the PASI and BSA reduced quickly over 12 weeks and then maintained over 48 weeks, the patients were very satisfied with the treatments and over 90% had a better quality of life and noted that their skin was better and their symptoms had reduced. And I think that this is a very good study to show that as the skin improves, the patient's quality of life improves as well. This was a Japanese study. And the goal was not looking at a PASI response like a PASI 75 or 90, even though that we know Berdelimab has this great efficacy, but they looked at an absolute PASI score of less than two, which I think is very, very reasonable. Instead of looking at a PASI response, it's sort of hard to calculate that when patients come in, you have to look back at what they were originally and you're seeing them at a certain point in time. But I think that looking at the improvement of skin is not enough alone. You have to look at the patient improves their quality of life and have better patient reported outcomes. Our next study looks at paradoxical eczema in psoriasis patients receiving biologics. What did you take away from this study, Dr. Vendor? So thank you very much, uh, Jeremy. This is a, a new concept that has been seen. They're mostly with anti-IL-17 blockers of which the pathway sort of changes and as the interleukin-17 is suppressed or the inflammatory cytokines that cause psoriasis are suppressed by, let's say, a biologic, the, the pathways sort of change. And you may have an increase of, of interferon uh, as well. We had seen some paradoxical psoriasis that occurs in patients on, let's say, TNF inhibitors used for inflammatory bowel disease or even with arthritis. But seeing paradoxical eczema is a totally different pathway. So this is a new concept, a unique type of paradoxical reaction that we are observing. And it's almost like the skin is not sure what it wants to do or what inflammatory disease it wants to have. It sort of says, okay, you know, you have psoriasis, something makes the psoriasis come up, you treat the psoriasis effectively, and then all of a sudden you end up with eczema. And people would say, okay, maybe it's from other causes. But then when you withdraw that biologic, you see that the eczema now remains and the psoriasis doesn't recur. So it's a total change in pathways for that particular patient. Now, the good news is there is biologic therapy that is available for eczema as well and switching it to and maybe an anti-IL-4, IL-13 type of molecule or a JAK inhibitor approved for atopic dermatitis can actually give some improvement as well. Our last study looks at real-world blood screening before initiation of biologics for psoriasis patients. What did you think about this study, Dr. Vendor? So thanks, Jeremy. That's a good question. You know, we tend to do a lot of blood work before biologics, and then we don't really have to monitor after. And I think that the important of the blood work is to make sure that you have a baseline type of values uh, in case something occurs later on, in case comorbidities occur later on with the patient so that they don't blame it on that particular biologic. There is blood work that's important to do. So for example, quantiferon is important to do if you're suggesting a TNF inhibitor 
or a T-cell T-spot test, which we don't have where I'm from here in Canada. So that's one thing that's important. Some patients may want to check for lupus as well, which can occur with TNF inhibitors as a, as a baseline, or if they have HIV infection, so some biologic may be better for this. But I think the most important thing with screening is really to make sure that the patient doesn't have any comorbidities that are associated with psoriasis that have not been identified before. And so I do think that the majority of us will monitor the patient yearly for these comorbidities, but almost all of us will do a pre-screening blood work as a baseline to make sure that there's no abnormalities prior to starting uh, this biologic, despite the fact that the biologic itself rarely causes blood abnormalities. The JAK inhibitors, certainly, uh, they can. Um, and we do know that infliximab can increase liver function tests as well. But generally, the other biologics in the anti-IL-17 class, uh, P19 inhibitors, P40 inhibitors, don't cause blood abnormalities and need not be monitoring, which is an advantage for these biologics. Our first listener question for today comes from Toronto, Ontario. How do you feel about rodalumab compared to other biologics discussed on the podcast, such as ixacizumab and bimicizumab? Well, let's even add, and secutinumab as well, we should compare it to all the other biologics. So the good news is for skin, they're all pretty much the same. I think that ixacizumab, secutinumab, and rodalumab has a similar type of PASI 75, 90, 100 response. And I would say that everybody can achieve these values. Now, more often, there's a higher percentage of patients that will achieve a PASI 90, PASI 75, and PASI 100 with brodalumab compared to ixacizumab compared to secukinumab, a higher percentage. But each one of these molecules can achieve a PASI 75, 90, and 100. Now, bimikizumab is the newest one, and bimikizumab has a, even a greater chance for patients to achieve a PASI 7590 and PASI 100. So this fourth biologic uh, added to the family of anti-IL-17s has shown a, a greater chance of efficacy. One other difference is that bradalimab in Canada is not approved for psoriatic arthritis, whereas ixikizumab and secukinumab is approved for psoriatic arthritis. Bimikizumab is not yet approved for psoriatic arthritis. And so one must be aware of this. Our next question comes from Newfoundland regarding the second study about paradoxical eczema. Do you foresee this research causing a change in the prescription of biological therapies? So I went to medical school in Newfoundland, for those of you that don't know, and I would say that this question is important. However, I don't foresee that there would be a change in prescription biologic unless it becomes almost like an epidemic that all of a sudden there seems to be some phenotypic or genetic type of shift that is occurring when using specific biologic X, for example, and we're seeing more paradoxical eczematous response. But th th this, this paradoxical eczema is very, very few and far between. I've had two patients out of the hundreds of patients that I have on biologic. So I don't think that there's going to be a change in the choices for biologics. Mm -hmm. 
Our final question comes from Nova Scotia. In your opinion, what are the most important things to keep in mind when regarding the patient's health when prescribing biologics? I think that the important thing for a patient's health when prescribing biologics is, is actually their, their psychological health as well, is, is understanding that it has a big psychosocial impact using a biologic that has great chance of efficacy with low side effects uh, can not only improve what the skin looks like, but how the patient feels inside. So I think that's, that's one thing. The other thing uh, that I mentioned is uh, being aware of comorbidities that are commonly associated with psoriasis, uh, such as diabetes and metabolic syndrome. I think that that's important uh, to be aware of that psoriasis is not just a skin disease. It's a systemic inflammatory disease of which uh, skin is one of the aspects of it. And so I think that's important to realize that these comorbidities do exist and we need to care for the patient as a whole. Thank you, Dr. Vendor. Listeners, if you have comments or questions for Dr. Vendor, send them over. Send an email to health at chronicle.org. Add a voice clip attachment to your questions, and you might appear in a future episode of this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. You can subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Sun Pharma Canada. I'm Jeremy Visser of Chronicle Companies. Your host has been Dr. Ron Vender, founder and director of Vender Innovations in Psoriasis, a center of excellence for psoriasis, offering a comprehensive management solution for individuals with psoriasis. Thanks for listening. Don't use that to try this, says Vender on psoriasis. Dr. Vender on psoriasis. Vender on psoriasis.